Let's read from Luke chapter 2. A weary world rejoices. We looked at the prophets and their foretelling of the story. Now we come to some of the people most closely involved in the story, the shepherds. Next week, it's the angels. And then Christ himself we'll look at on the 24th, the wise men on the 31st. Luke 2 and verse 8. This is the word of God. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And we end our reading there. And we thank God for this, his word to us. I want you to picture the scene, okay? You're, um, you're driving through Rich Hill, and as you come into the village, okay, it's chaos, absolute chaos. There are people everywhere. The, the, the village is just rammed full of people. And there's, there's TV cameras there, and it's, it's not just like small local TVs, big national TV uh, corporations are there, and that they're filming. You spot some of the, the reporters um, from some of the, the local um, newspapers uh, around, so maybe the Arma Eye or the Put It Down Times, and you realize something big is going down in Rich Hill. And you don't want to miss it if there's something big going down in Rich Hill, it doesn't happen all the time. It happens sometimes, but not all the time. And so what you do is you, you pull over the car to the side and you get out and you think, I am going to go and see what is happening in Rich Hill. And so uh, you, you, you're at the bottom of the main street, you look up to the top of the hill and you, you, you see it. You see it. And what you see is, is something that you don't normally see. Because what you see is the Reverend Alistair McNeely, dressed up as Peter Rabbit, standing, standing on the top of a stepladder. And everyone's, everyone's around him, and he just keeps shouting, the rabbits have won, the rabbits have won. And you're not really sure what's going on. I mean, everyone else is there. They're, they're excited by it. They're fascinated by it. There's real energy in the crowd. They are with him completely, but you just don't really get it. And you watch on, and you watch on, and you watch on. But you're not sure why he's dressed up as Peter Rabbit. You're not really sure what he means when he says the rabbits have won. You're not sure why everyone else kind of gets it. And, and you're just watching on thinking, I'm a bit confused. Why is all this happening? What's, what's really going on here? What's the significance of Peter Rabbit? And what were the rabbits seeking to win? What you really need is someone to come along and just explain. <laughs> explain exactly what's taking place. That's what you need. And if that doesn't happen, you would be left none the wiser. You'd just be watching from now till whenever. 
and you would be none the wiser as what's taking place. Well, it's a bit like that kind of scenario that we find in Luke 2. Not quite like that, you'll You'll see it's not quite like that, but it's a bit like that, isn't it? Only rather than there being this sort of strange spectacle that's getting all of the attention and you're left wondering what's going on, here, one of the most significant events in the history of the world has taken place, and yet, and yet it could almost easily go unnoticed. Yes, there's, there's great crowds in Bethlehem, They've gathered there because of the census taking place, and yet it seems that they don't really spot the significance of what has just taken place. If you look just before this little section in, in Luke's gospel, you'll see how does it finish in verse um, 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Mary has just given birth to her firstborn son. She's wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She's laid him in a manger because there was no place for him in the inn. But for the average passerby, if you were to peek your head over the stable door and look in and see this little baby lying in a manger, well, you wouldn't really have a clue as to the significance, the significance of what has really just taken place. What you really need is someone to come alongside you and to really explain what has taken place. And that's part of the beauty of what we see in these verses, isn't it? For the angels, they come along and they they provide an explanation, an explanation that is needed so that we don't miss the significance of what has taken place, the significance of what has happened in the stable as this little boy Jesus has been born. See, what we're doing today is we are hearing the good news, the good news according to the angels. It's the words from the angels that enable us to to spot what otherwise we might so very easily miss. So what is the message? What's the message from the angels? Well, the first thing I want you to see is this. Peace is what we need. Peace is what we need. Look with me at the story. It's not uh, far from... Bethlehem, and the shepherds were doing what shepherds do. Boys and girls, what the shepherds do? Look after sheep, right? And that's what they're doing. They're looking after their sheep. They're doing that shepherdy thing, looking after their sheep. They're watching their flock, and they're doing this by night, okay? Doing it by night. And, and often, often that's when predators come. That's when predators come. And so it's really important for shepherds to look after their sheep at night. And it's to this bunch of shepherds, a people who in those days were often classed as, as outcasts, as unclean, as untrustworthy. It's to this group that the angel appears, just ordinary shepherds, ordinary shepherds, the, the working class, going about their very ordinary job, just looking after sheep, and then boom, and then boom, the angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what's the response? What's the response from uh, this group of pretty hard men? Do you remember? They're, they're, they're shepherds. They're going to fought off wolves and, and lions and all kinds of things to protect their sheep. These were hard men. What's the response when they come face to face with an angel and the glory of the Lord? Fear. Fear. That's their response, isn't it? Fear is their response. Now, I think I've been 
sanitized. I've been sanitized by the Philadelphia advert. You know the one with the angels? Do you remember back then? Yeah, you know that one? Or if it wasn't, um, if it wasn't that, well, then it was, it was going to, to see a nativity where a, a little child with a big grin had angels stuck on their back. Some of those have, have sanitized my imagination as to what an angel actually looks like and what it would really be like to, to meet an angel. I think an angel would appear and think, oh, wouldn't that be great? And yet look at how they respond. Look at how they respond because they respond with great fear. Fear, fear, great fear. And this is the only natural response when a, an angel appears and the glory of the Lord shines. It seems that the shepherds give us a, a, a picture of what our natural response would be. And why would that be? Why would it be that fear is a natural reaction when an angel appears in the sky? Well, for one thing, I think we've been given the wrong impression about what angels are like. Sticky on, wings, big smiles. It's not what we see in the Bible. But more than that, we are told that this is an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, and that the glory of the Lord shone around them. You see, fear is a a natural response when you're confronted with the glory of God. When you're confronted with the glory of God, for when you're confronted with the glory of God, that is a weighty thing, a weighty thing. There is something about the glory of God that confronts us with our humanity. There is something about the glory of God that reminds us of our sinfulness. At that point, the shepherds respond in fear. Respond in fear, for they know they are not at peace with God. And yet it's not fear that the angel wants them to be left with. Listen to the angel's words. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. For good news to be good news, you first need to understand the bad news, right? For good news to be good news, you need to see the bad news. And in the message that the angel delivers, the bad news comes, and it comes somewhat veiled, somewhat veiled. I wonder, did you, did you spot it on the way through there? And it's the sort of message that can offend people. I wonder, did you hear that? The, the offensive message that came from the, the angel, here it is. Here's the offensive message that comes from the angel. The offensive message is this. Jesus, this little baby, is a savior. Jesus, this little baby, is a savior. Maybe you're thinking, Jeff, it doesn't sound that offensive. What, what is it that's offensive in, in saying that? Well, what's offensive is this. What's offensive, or certainly some people are offended by this, is that if the good news is that there's a Savior, the implication is you need a Savior. You need a Savior. And if this Savior can save you from your sin, well then, what's the implication? You're a sinner, and you need to be saved from your sin. Now, some people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that they are a sinner. They look at their lives and they think, no, 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 I'm doing just fine, thank you very much. I don't need anyone to rescue me. I don't need anyone to save you me. I'm fine. And the angel comes along and says, the good news is that Jesus is a savior. And that's good news because you really do 
need a Savior. You really do need a Savior. I wonder if you're here today, do you recognize that you need a Savior? Do you recognize that you need a Savior, that you really have sinned against God? And that God must punish sin, and so you need a Savior. That was the case for these shepherds when the angel appeared and spoke to them, and it's the case for us. Each of us need a Savior. You see, that is our big problem. It's man's big problem. God is gloriously holy, and that gloriously holy God hates sin. And for that reason, the default position of of every man who has descended from Adam is that they have a broken relationship with God. Because of their sinful heart, they have this broken relationship with God. Rather than being friends with God, we are enemies with God. That's the default position of man, enemies with God. Rather than God being for them, God is actually set against them because they are enemies with him. And as punishment for sin, God is rightly going to pour out his wrath. That's what's going to happen. He's rightly going to pour out his wrath. And that is what we deserve. That's what we deserve because we have rejected God. We have rejected God as a ruler over our lives. You see, the message of the angels tells us peace is what we need. That's really what we need this Christmas. We need peace. Without a Savior, we cannot have peace with God. We cannot have peace with God, no matter what you might do, no matter how many gifts you might buy someone this Christmas, no matter how big the tree is in your house, no matter how many lights, without Jesus, you cannot know peace with God. Peace is what we need. The second thing I want you to see is that peace is available for all. Do you see that? It's a message of peace for all, for all the people, and that's really significant because it's a, it's a good news message. It's a message that should lead to, to great joy and a message that is for all the people, all the people. But I want you to spot what it's not. I want you to spot what it's not. It's not a message for all people. It's not a, a general message that says, look, this is good news for everyone. You know, it's all the people. This is good news for a a specific people, a very particular people. But the message that we, we see throughout Luke's gospel and how he writes, he shows us that it's a message for all types of people, all types of people, rich people, poor people, smart people, not so smart people, men, women, boys and girls. This is a message for all sorts of people, all sorts of people, including lads like these shepherds whom the angels appeared to on that night as they looked after their sheep. People of every tribe and tongue and nation. This is the message for all. You see, what happened in the birth of, of this little boy was really good news for a particular people. Why was it such good news for a particular people? Well, here's the reason. Peace is what we need, and peace is what Jesus brings. Peace is what Jesus brings. Look at the, the titles that are given to this little baby in the angel's announcement. We're told that Jesus is a savior. He's a savior throughout the history of God's people. God had raised up saviors, people who would rescue God's people from the trouble that they were in. People like Joseph, who were 
sent to, to Egypt in order to save God's people. Judges like Samson who were raised up to save God's people from the, from the Philistines. Kings who would come along. Kings like David who would save his people for a time. But for each of these saviors, they could only do it for a short time. And ultimately, they were only able to save God's people from their, from their physical enemies. They couldn't save them from their biggest problem. And their biggest problem was their sin and the fact that God hated sin and that God must punish sin. You see, Jesus was not like all of the other saviors who'd gone before. Jesus was not just able to save his people there and then for a short period of time. No, Jesus was able to save all of his people for all of time and into eternity. And how was he able to do that? How was Jesus able to save in that way? Well, what do we think about last week? He was fully God and fully man. And that's the reason why Jesus was able to do that. He is Christ, the promised Messiah. He is the Lord. He is God himself. What does it mean? Well, it means that he was the promised Messiah who was spoken of the whole way through the Old Testament. He was the promised one of God who came to save God's people. That's who he came to save. But this man was no ordinary man. No, no, no. He was God. No ordinary man. He was God. And he could save God's people. You see, he was a ruler, but he would rule forever. He wasn't just a king. He was the king of kings. And so he's able to save his people. Baby Jesus, fully God and fully man. That's what we think about at Christmas. Jesus, fully God and fully man. But he was someone who could save his people. Not just for time, but for all eternity. And he couldn't just rescue one or just rescue two or three or, or even a, a, a group this size. No, he could rescue all of his people. He was able to do that because he was fully man, yes, but also fully God. You see, peace is what people needed. Left on their own, they were enemies with God. The sinful nature, the continual sin, left them at, 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 at this place where their relationship with God was broken and God's wrath was to come upon them. Peace is what they needed. And this is what Jesus brings. Jesus brings Peace, he is able to rescue all of his people, all of his people. Peace is what the people needed, and peace is what Jesus brings. Listen to the words. This time, not just spoken of one angel, but a, a whole host of angels here gathered in the sky. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. You see, the angels knew what Jesus had come to do. The angels knew why Jesus had stepped into the world. The angels knew it. Jesus had come to earth so that men and women and boys and girls could have peace with God. That's why Jesus stepped into the world. But also peace with one another. Also peace with one another by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ and what he would do for his people for what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would live a perfect life, a sinless life, a spotless life. That's what he would do. Always doing the will of his heavenly father. And then he would willingly go to the cross. 
he would lay down his life, taking the punishment for sin. He did not deserve it, for he had never sinned, and yet he laid down his life for his people so that the wrath of God might be poured out on him, so that justice might be delivered, but his people would know peace with God. Peace with God. They no longer got what they deserved. They received this great gift. Peace is what his people would know. And it's not a message that says that Jesus would save everyone. I want you to spot that. It's not a message that says that Jesus died to save everyone. Luke is really clear about how he writes his gospel. And the angels are clear in this announcement that they make. I want you to spot it. Glory to God on the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. With whom he is pleased. It's not a message of peace for everyone. No, only those whom God is pleased to bless, those whom God chooses to to pour out his favor on, those whom God pours out his spirit on, bringing about this spiritual new life. And how do we know? How do we know whom that is? Well, it's seen as people's eyes are open to the truth, the truth about Jesus being the Son of God. It's seen as people's eyes are opened to their sinfulness and their need of a Savior, And it's seen in their reaching out and accepting the gift of salvation that is on offer by believing in Jesus and receiving him as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today and and you don't normally come to church. You're here because maybe someone you know was singing in the choir. You're here because maybe you were invited uh, to come along to some of our, our Christmas Advent series. And we are delighted that you're here. But maybe as you're here and you hear this, this message that you need a savior, maybe offense is what you feel. Maybe offense is what you're feeling. You're thinking, who are you to tell me that I need a savior, that I need to be saved from my sin? Well, the Bible is really clear. The Bible is really clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that all, all need a savior if they are to be saved from their sin. You see, the Christmas story really is a story of good news. It's a story of good news. It's a story that tells us that if we put our trust in Jesus, well, then we really can know peace with God, peace with God, and that we can be friends again with God. And that's what we need. Isn't that what you want today? For that is what is an offer, peace with God. You can be friends again with God. That would be the best possible gift you could receive this Christmas, isn't it? Peace with God. This offer of peace with God isn't just for high flyers. It's not just for the elites in society, those with money or power or influence or perhaps even good looks. No, no, no. This peace is for God's people, all sorts of people. For they're not God's people because of their status in society. That's not what brings them into peace with God. They're not God's people because of their, their, their smarts and how good they are at thinking things through. They're not God's people because of their, their skills and, and what they're good at. No, no, no. They are God's people for one reason only. And here's the reason. 
God chooses to set his love upon them. He chooses to show them his favor. And isn't that really good news? Isn't that really good news this morning? It's good news for this reason. It means that men and women, boys and girls like me and like you, can be saved because it's not down to us, but rather it's down to what God does in showing his love for us and setting his love upon us. We can be welcomed into God's family because of what Jesus has done. So I wonder, do you know peace this Christmas? Is that something that you can honestly say, yes, I know peace. I know what it is to have true peace with God. I am experiencing that because I am putting my trust in Jesus as my Savior. For that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, to bring them back into God's family so that they might know true peace. And you can know that today by putting your trust in him. And for those of us who are here who know this peace, who are Christians, who have put their trust in Jesus already, well then, it's not just peace with God that we're thinking about, but also peace with others. Peace with others too. You see, the Spirit of God who brings hearts to life also works to bring about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I wonder, I wonder, are you at peace with others? Do you know peace with others? God's people should be a place where more and more we are peaceable. We are at peace with one another. So I wonder today, is there anyone that you need to go and speak to after the service? Is there anyone you need to go to and clear the air? Because you know that peace is not how you describe your relationship at the minute. Well, then I think that's one of the ways that we would respond here, isn't it? Today, we're thankful for the message of the angels. For we wouldn't want to come up to another Christmas and to be looking at the tinsel and the turkey and the nativity scene and really miss what it's all about. Peace with God is what we need. Peace with God is what we need and the peace that the angels spoke of is a peace that is for all of the people, a particular people, all of God's people, people of all sorts of shapes and sizes, people of every tribe and tongue and nation. And peace is what Jesus brings. And so if you're putting your trust in him today, well then, that is what you know. Peace with God. Let me pray. Father, as we come to you, you know, we recognize that peace is really what we need. There's many gifts we might receive this Christmas. There might be lots of things that could end up under the tree. But peace with you is the most important thing. That is why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came as a savior to save his people from their sins. For we are a sinful people. We need a savior. Lord, might each of us today recognize our sinfulness. Might we recognize Jesus for who he is, the Son of God, the only one who can save us from our sin. 
And might we respond by putting our trust and faith in him today? And for those of us who have put our trust and faith in Jesus, might our lives then be marked as peacemakers, as we seek to live differently with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control being ever more evident in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.